I'm Jamie. And I'm Hannah. Welcome to Vegetation, Meditation in Community. We are children of immigrants and moms who have spent a lot of time feeling that we are neither aquí neither allá, that we are not from here or there. We've lived the philosophies of our ancestors our whole lives, but we're only recently figuring out that we've been doing that. During the pandemic, we both were trying to include meditation in our everyday lives, but wanted a more rich experience that would keep us coming back to it. So we started doing it together and it felt so powerful and so accessible for us that we felt like everyone should have it. So now we manifest a world where we all feel empowered to reconnect with ourselves and the inheritance of wisdom, strength, and medicine passed to us by our ancestral web. We share our journey with the hope that others will be inspired to experience the healing alongside us. Let's build a more sustainable, regenerative path together. A path that lives on the breath of our everyday lives, not something that has to be added in or fixed. Something that we just need to notice is already happening. Let's come back to our wholeness together. Yeah. How is um, Chester with this? He was, it's new to him. I think yeah. it's a new concept. And then I think having a child and especially a mixed race child with ancestors yeah. from all over the world. Yeah. yeah. You, know, you know, trying to figure out how do you make the connections to her culture but and for me i want Ali to know all sides of the culture or i he doesn't say like i'm resistant to it but i get energy from him that he doesn't feel fully connected to it yeah yeah um, and then i'm like how do i do this without culturally appropriating my daughter's culture welcome to vegetation meditation and community we have put all of ourselves into creating this for our digital village, and it means so much that you are here. This podcast was born out of our meditation practice together, which we record without censoring ourselves in any way. Side note, F-bombs will be dropped. Then later, we come back to comment on what our past selves had going on. To take you on this time machine journey with us, we have used tonal sound cues to guide us through. When you hear ascending tones, we are traveling into the future and descending tones take us back to the past. We are so glad you have joined our conversation. In this week's episode, moving softly through transformation, we go further into what it has been like living through our personal transformations of self-trust and fostering connections that are beyond our own lineage all while living in the reality of multicultural households where not everyone may be ready to open up and engage in ancestral and cultural connections, including our partners. The focus of our conversation evolves as we dive into an intimate introspection of how our physical bodies sometimes comprehend that we're on the path of transformation before our thinking brains become aware of the journey. We go into our personal experiences dealing with life-changing physical conditions and the loss of control over one of the few things that truly belongs to us, our bodies. Please be aware that in this episode, 
We mentioned the word rape 32 minutes into the recording. There is no description of assault or violence, but the word is said. We also advise that we talk about physical sensations associated with mental, spiritual, and physical pain. These topics may be sensitive for folks, and we wanted to provide notice on what to expect when listening in. We are not providing any medical advice, and we acknowledge that the path for healing looks and feels differently for each person. And with that, let's dive in. I mean, I get though where you're at, that idea that like, you know, if the if the carrier of the culture, you know, Chester is not going to lead, somebody still has to lead, you know. Um, I feel like I'm also the person who's trying to bring in Irish heritage for Junior and Baby G, you know. Just, you know, just because they're, you know, they're men, you know, cis hat men in particular are really sort of, um, I feel like these things are taken away from them in their upbringing. Maybe it's, I mean, I can only speak from, from my experience in the States, you know, but um, I'm trying to think of, I've met a cis hetero man who is connected to their ancestors. Um, and I can't name one. And they might not tell me, you know, which is, it's not like it can't, comes up in everyday conversation with most people, you know, but, um, but yeah, I wouldn't assume it. Well, and one of the things that's coming up for me right now is that with Chester's family, or and it could be anybody, it, and I think we've talked about it before, where where it's like okay, intergenerational, like the things that were that were given or that are shared, a lot of it is trauma, right? Or a lot of mm-hmm. the the things that people share are stories, yeah. traumatic, and if full and if people don't always have the the emotional like how do you process that yeah I I don't know maybe I'm making way big assumptions where I think in American culture women are sometimes we are given more space to talk about these types of Mm -hmm. emotions and to process it and Mm -hmm. we process it with one another yeah. And I, I I can't imagine, I don't know who Chester would talk to. He'd be like, yeah, you know, right. my dad's parent, he was orphaned when he was really young and he had to live with his right. brother. And yeah, like, how yeah. do you talk about that? And like, right. we talk about it, but. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. I can't. I mean, I can guess at it, but I, I you know. I don't know, but I do feel like somebody has to take up the cause until they're able to, you know, and sometimes like it might be just like, we can start it off and that'll like, once there's some momentum, they'll jump in, you know, but what I don't want to do is just have there be like a dearth of it, like uh, just none I don't want to just like take over with like all Indian all the time I mean percentage wise there are more (laughs) 
know, like, like just like not letting any of the cultures go, you know, just really trying to find ways to, to bring it all in, even if I don't have like a real connection to it. Like it's definitely something that I want to do that work for them so that they can pick it up when they want to, if they want to. Um, I just want to interject here that since this time um, in my travels with grandsisters, you know, in my experience with grandsisters, I have learned um, in a very visceral way that my grandsisters are not all from what I think of as my lineage. You know, like I have connection with other people's grandsisters. Yeah. I have connections with my husband's grandsisters and my sister-in-law who is from a totally different lineage from her grandsisters and with your grandsisters. Yeah, like, for sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I have such a different understanding of that now. Um, and so now the questions about, you know, being able to bring in other cultures without it's really more about appropriation the way that appropriation is used um in in you know this day and age um but also like since colonization since like um since that real big spread of colonization from you know europe england <laughs> those areas you know um but yeah, so I think that applying some of some of the the learning around appropriation as it exists today is a, is a little bit helpful in that journey. Definitely, and <clears throat> in efforts of trying to bring in more of uh, my my partner, my husband's culture into our home. One of the things that that we did was <clears throat> I asked my mother-in-law to come over and I've been telling her that I want to write down recipes. I've been trying to make a, a recipe book for Ale that has Mexican cultural stuff and then also Chinese cultural stuff so that she can have it as she gets older. And then of course, like our own like family recipes. Yeah. And I asked her if she would teach us how to make dumplings. Mm, yes. And she came over and we had like a whole dumpling making fe like feast and fest. And at first Chester didn't like, you know, he was like, yeah, I want to eat dumplings. Like, let's make them. And then at the end, he was so glad that I was able, like I was writing everything down as we were going through it. And I also recorded video yes. of her doing it. Yes. And he just said, you know, like, thank you so much for doing that. And I think that for him, it's now he has a pathway in yes, or an example of how to do it because then we can do it for other stuff now, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's a, a, a cultural holiday or whatever it may be, or something just special for, for him and his family, mm -hmm. that there's a way that we know how, like, oh, we can write it down or we can record it. <clears throat> we can ask questions and we can, <clears throat> excuse me, we can mess up, right? Like you don't have to do it perfectly. You should see my dumplings. Like now they're pretty awesome, but they didn't start out being awesome. Yeah. His dumplings are like perfect. Like they're beautiful, <sighs> but they right. didn't start that way. Right. 
but it's like he's getting his hands in it and making it and we did it as a family and it was it again I think it's that example of quote-unquote small rich talk yes 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 absolutely Shall we jump back in? Let's do it. So that they can pick it up when they want to, if they want to. And to to see you be so comfortable and living in that, instead of, I know sometimes when I was a kid and picking up on, maybe it's a little shameful to be Mexican. Maybe it's a little bit shameful to be Mm -hmm. not white or and I know that in spaces I can be maybe a little bit white passing because of the color of my skin for people that are really ignorant (laughs) yes yes (laughs) but um so I know I it's a little bit of a different thing but yeah it's to to see them or to to have them experience the joy of this discovery for you reconnection um, I wish that I could understand like what's happening at like a DNA level with all of this that you're experiencing yes. and like how is this playing out in your body? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Next, yeah, go ahead. I I just like, you know, I I've been wondering actually if, you know, the way that it's playing out in my body, this sort of like reawakening, it was sort of like rebirth into connection. Um, I wonder if it's, if it's linked to this like horrible eczema flare that I've been going through for the past year, you know what I mean? Like, um, I use the word horrible because it's really like uncomfortable. Um, but, um, but it really is this sort of like, it's this opening of old wounds, you know? like from like the things happening in places where I've had these flare-ups before. It's this opening of my skin, you know, like in this metaphorical sense of like breaking down my barrier, you know? Um, And then also it's in new places, you know? And it's just like this, um, this constant sort of need for me. Like I have this like, ongoing need to reassess like what is helping to to sort of calm the irritation you know and it changes it shifts all the time like you know what's working before just suddenly doesn't work and I have to make a change or something that is working is not very good for me in some way you know and as I'm talking about it it's like this microcosm of just like life it's just me dealing with the eczema and you know, I don't know. <sighs> How is that listening to you talk about the the eczema that you were dealing with during that time and the and and the uh, what is that called? You were having a reaction to yeah. the steroids. The Steroid withdrawal. withdrawal. Yeah. Wow, that was like such a roller coaster in such a short amount of time. Like past Jamie, at this point, she has no idea what's ahead of her. This was before I recognized the steroid withdrawal symptoms, before I even knew that steroid withdrawal was a thing. 
Um, this is when I still had hair, you know, and it was already really bad, you know. Um, and I had experienced steroid withdrawal before, but I didn't know that's what it was. Um, and, um, <clears throat> and it was while we were in India, actually. And so it was, I was dealing with the healthcare system that I didn't know or understand and in a place where I'm not fluent in the language. Um, and so for me, it was already like terrifying because I didn't want it to get to the way that it was in India. And I also was not receiving care that felt like it was working or, I mean, certainly didn't feel like anybody cared or really knew anything about this really, you know. Um, it was a really scary time for me. Um, but what she's talking about, the, the fact that like, it was like, it was stripping away my skin, you know? And I do feel like this has been an incredible time of rebirth for me. Um, and actually, I was just reading uh, in my human design chair made a big sound. Um, I was just reading in my human design that for my can't remember if it was for my cross or whether it was for my um, what is that thing called the four six like those two numbers that are can't remember um, that around 40 is the time is a is a big rebirth for for me you know um and then 50 is the next rebirth for me and that's when i am that's when i become the role model part of that of those numbers or whatever that part is called that was clear as mud anyways <laughs> um yeah, it was just really interesting to me that it's like, it is this like literally like opening the skin, you know, like the skin, the layer, this layer of protection just being removed over time incrementally and me having no control over it. Like <clears throat> this is um, growing up with EDS, not knowing about it. And, you know, this type of eczema that is, you know, pretty wild and it total pain in the ass it really has I have been in a lot of situations where I just have to deal with the fact that I am not in control of my own body at all you know um but I think that one of the big things that I have um have learned or maybe like re-entered into as an adult is how to move in that space where you don't have control. You know, how to move softly in that space, how to move in a way that is as balanced as possible in those spaces. But yeah, what I didn't know is that not only would there be that, you know, skin being taken away, the defense is taken away, but also 
there's going to be a time when past Jamie ends up feeling like like she's on fire like that was like some of the like symptoms of topical steroid withdrawal is that your nerves just go nuts like they just you start feeling things in your body that are not actually happening so you know you might get like super super hot and be sweating even though you're not hot and then you go from that to like freezing and shivering you know um or, or you, you know, feel that intense pain, like something is burning your skin or just like burning in one tiny point on your body or something like that, you know? So <clears throat> um, it's been a wild rebirth, <laughs> you know? Uh, and yeah, I don't know, as I'm, as I'm listening to her and sort of remembering those feelings of just like living with this sort of underlying level of fear plus pandemic fear, you know, <laughs> plus being a pl- in a place where none of my people are within, you know, any closer than a two and a half hour drive, you know. It's a challenging time. Yeah. And, and a big opportunity for growth. transformation I think could be painful at times and tough and especially when you are then going to battle to the ideologies that are around us that have been instilled by our families that have been instilled by society whatever it could be really painful and I think that throughout life I know I've seen myself get to a place where I'm like, yes, the transformation, it feels good. And I'll get to a different version of myself or like something will happen, but that's as far as I can go in that moment. And then the transformation is continuous. And it's, and I don't think that all of the times, like right now, when you're referring to past Jamie going through this, I don't know if she knew she was going through this, Mm. you Mm -hmm. know, or like what you said, what lies ahead and but but it was like you're setting yourself to up to do this and to go through it with as much support as possible. So it's really cultivating that relationship to spirit and to ancestors and to knowing that you don't have to go through this alone. You're looking at your relationship with your partner, with your kids, with your friends, like all of this is happening in preparation for what's to come. Right. Right. And with yourself. Yeah. 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 And um I we are always in transformation. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's always, always happening. But I think that, you know, listening to past Jamie name that, you know, that it's relevant that I'm losing my skin in this moment, you know, that it's opening place for me to take in these new, this new part of the self or to uncover this part of the self that was lost to dominant culture. You know, it's just making me think that giving ourselves permission to recognize these guideposts is empowering. 
you know, because as I continued to go through this journey of wacky, like extreme eczema flare into topical steroid withdrawal, um, in retrospect, like naming these guideposts, naming the ways that they are metaphors for what's happening in my life was really, um, it was really helpful. It was like having a walking stick, you know, as I was on the journey. And every time I name one of these guideposts for myself, it was like, I'm setting the walking stick down to help me take the next few steps, you know? And, you know, we're all always in transformation. So how can we name more of these guideposts for ourselves as we go along so that we can help ourselves track our journey, know that we're on it, be on it with ourselves, be able to look back at these guideposts and for me, always be able to celebrate when we get to a point where we can celebrate something. Yeah. Oh. It's transformation can be scary. Like you don't know what you're going to get yeah. on the other side. Yeah. But you just got to keep trusting. Oh, yeah. Thank you for that reflection. Yeah. Thank you for asking. Maybe it's just part of this journey right now. Is this kind of atopic dermatitis is often linked to stress, right? And stress is emotional, psychological, you know, upheaval driven, like an excess of stress. So, you know, all these things, they, they link up. And it's funny, like when you go to a dermatologist, you know, when they say, you know, it's linked to stress, like that's the end of that part of the conversation. Oh yeah, it can be linked to stress. The end, like, what can you do about it? Uh, you know, just, you know, do whatever helps you to not be stressed. Um, all of what you just said, I yeah. vibe with it from what I deal with, with my prolapse. Yes. About the uncomfort or the, the discomfort, the mm -hmm. connection to like life. And mm -hmm. I don't know, everything that you just said, I know that I'm not, um, I just vibe with it thinking about my, um, yeah, the prolapse. Mm -hmm. And I, as you were talking, I, because it's a uterine prolapse, Mm -hmm. I related it to my reproductive system and mm -hmm. thinking about like what you were saying, the traumas and the things that happen in life, it shows up. And I'm like, I can't think of anything specifically that has happened other than my child, you know, childbirth. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, you think you gotta think be, like beyond that, that mm -hmm. I'm just saying like the symptom is the uterus, but what's around the uterus? And what else is there? And <clears throat> yeah, I gotta, I, you just gave me some processing to do. Yeah. I think I wanna stop and just talk a little bit about what I just shared. Mm. And during the pandemic, so my, uh, my daughter is what, almost four years old. And when she was, what, what was it, like two and a half or something? Mm or randomly one day I started feeling just symptoms, 
just started feeling something in my body. And I was like, something's just not right. And uh, I ended up going, and what I'm specifically talking, like talking about was like my pelvic bowl or my pelvic area. And it turns out that I did have a, I think it's a stage two uterine prolapse and how it, I don't like, I assume that those are the things that happen directly after childbirth or that they are things that just don't randomly show up. But um, it's been something that I've been dealing with and processing and figuring out how to best work with it if it's part of my body and who I am and, and, and being okay with never fully understanding the cause of it. And I think for a while I was blaming myself or it's like, did I exercise wrong? Um, because it was like right after I had started um, trying to run again regularly. I'm like, oh my God, I don't know how to run. And, I'm, and I caused this damage to myself and feeling like I couldn't be active anymore or I couldn't trust my body because it had done this to me. And now I'm in a much different place with it. Um, almost two years later, I guess almost two years later, uh, where I don't experience symptoms of it on a regular basis. And I can listen more clearly now to when I can feel it coming on. Mm. And for me, it is most definitely associated with stress and what I am metaphorically carrying too much. And when things are heavy, and when I think that it is all on me to carry this heavy shit, of course, it's going to push stuff down in my body, literally, um, or not, you know, metaphorically, but it's going to express itself in my physical body. Yes. And I can start feeling it and be like, oh, I'm carrying too much. What do I need to clear off? my plate or what baggage do I have currently that is not mine or what do I need to process and being able to have those moments of um, reflection or that quality or rich small talk with myself (laughs) I can catch it and deal with it but what I'm also dealing with now is that I'm realizing that a lot of, there is a lot of trauma. There is a lot of stuff that is being stored or that I store in my, in my pelvic bowl. So like hip area, lower back. Mm. And that this is one symptom of a greater thing. And now understanding that with all this research that's come out and we can um, also link some books with like the body keeps the score. And there's another one of like, you are more than what happened to you, where now it shows like we're talking about intergenerational trauma, that we can carry trauma that we've never experienced. And so really being open to that and engaging in that conversation of what do I now have the privilege of processing for my lineage or for women who've probably experienced rape or um, really um, traumatizing childbirth or really, I mean, menstruation of having it be so 
shameful and hiding the, the qualities of what it means to be femme and to be a woman and to now be able to process that in a different way. Yes. Yes. Um, is something that um, I relate directly to my prolapse. So for a long time, I felt a lot of shame to say that that was part of my, my physical experience. And now I'm realizing that it is because of that, that I can have a better, deeper connection with my own femininity and my own reproductive system. Yes. Yes. Yeah. In creating this outro, we found ourselves unable to remember how we transitioned from talking about sharing space with other people's ancestors to navigating some of our most debilitating health conditions. As we explored this lapse, we realized that our brains and bodies found these memories too painful to recall and process. That's because this shit is fucking hard. Change and growth is sometimes procured through great pain, desolation, and grief. How do we find the beauty of being in a constant state of transition and not block out joy from our lives while also honoring the grief, anger, and discontent with our pain and what we are not receiving? This process has taken years for us to begin to uncover some peace and learn more about how our mental and spiritual selves communicate and dialogue with our physical being. We hope that through this personal sharing, others can begin to make space for acknowledgement and forgiveness within themselves to continue on the path of healing. Healing of the self and our lineages. We hope you're enjoying the Vegetation, Meditation, and Community podcast, and you can check out this episode's resources and links in the podcast description. Before we close the space together, we want to remind you that we'd love to remain in community with you here and in the Digital Village, whether that's through following this podcast or joining our email list at theravadayoga.com. And if you'd like to practice vegetation with Jamie, that's me, head over to the website to book a private session with me or bring a close friend along who you'd like to develop your practice with. We also want to thank you for listening to us. Thank you for being part of this movement to create connection to each other through connection with ourselves. And thank you for taking a moment to be self-centered with us. All right. Let's take a moment to close the space together. If you're driving, please stay in your thinking brain rather than moving into more focus on our words right now. So let's start by letting go of the concepts of time and space as we have been taught in school and allow ourselves the possibility of being energetically linked in this moment to us, and the whole vegetation community. We invite you to breathe with us, inhaling the harvest, gathering up what you'd like to take with you from this space. On our exhales, releasing what's ready to be composted, what doesn't serve you, letting it be recycled into the energies of the universe. 
Now on our inhales, inviting gratitude for the hands and hearts, including your own, that allowed you to have this moment with yourself. And on our exhales, releasing any judgment or anxiety around creating this space for yourself. On your next inhale, we offer our gratitude for sharing space, time, and attention. And exhaling as slowly as you desire, witnessing your own magic in action, slowing your heart rate and soothing your nervous system, tethering yourself to this place within you as we make our way back to the bustle of life. Now one more breath together in your own time as you connect with your own intention as we close the space together, releasing it on our next exhale with a snack if you wish. Looking forward to bending space and time with you again. Take care. You know how like you feel like after just like that exhausting feeling of yeah. crying? That's what I feel yeah. like right now. Yeah, me too. I have like my hackles are up, like this part like in the upper back. Yeah. It's like all <sighs> fortified. Yeah. Um, I send you lots of love today. I mean every day. So I know we'll see each you. other in the yes. morning. We'll see what ends up yes. like coming to us. Yeah. That's um, right. Oh my God, it's Friday. Holy shit. Yeah, already. What um, is this life? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Sending Thank lots you. of love and fortitude. Fortitude. Um, and I know we'll be talking tomorrow morning. Yes. All right. Love, love you. you. Good night. Bye. Good night. Bye. Bye.